it went on for too long. You're with Sam Peck and <laughs> Mark Ellings on uh, Radio Wandsworth. Wandsworth Radio. Wandsworth Radio, bro. Yeah. Come on. And this is a show where we uh, interview people with dream jobs or just interesting jobs nowadays, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And just see if the reality meets the expectation. Mm. But alongside that, we also talk about the themes that tie in with their with their job because we just can't talk to someone for two whole hours. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. So we got a strong theme today, but firstly, you've been losing your mind this morning, haven't you? Hangover wise. Yeah. Well, I woke up lost with a slightly sore head. Yes. Lost, lost your fork. For your melon? I <laughs> know, I'm going to have to eat melon with my hand. <laughs> I said use a pencil. Get that nice leady flavour. Have you ever had to brew a tea with a pencil? No, no. Because I, well, I controversially brew tea with a fork. What, as standard? Or like, it, it's a go-to for me. But why not a spoon? Just got other stuff on, haven't I? <laughs> what, what are you on about? <laughs> no, it's just it's easier with a, with a fork. Yeah, well, you, but you've lost your fork, lost your crisps. No, I found them. They're in my pocket. <laughs> In my jacket pocket. <laughs> but you're back in now. And also the new news format, that scared the life out of you. Yeah. saw you sweating. So, so yeah, essentially we've got Rosie, who's our news person. Hello. Uh, waving at her now. She used to sit in with us, but she's now been put in another room. Yeah, really. suspiciously. <laughs> yeah. She gets put in a room when the first time she meets you. Well, She's in the same room with us normally. That's not. You freak her out. And she leaves. That's not, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything, Mark. Well, she's right. literally behind glass now. <laughs> yeah, like, it's protected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're crazy. Anyway, so this week we've got a good theme, we, you were saying, Mark. Yeah, so, well, explain the theme in the interview. Try and link them in while I take my T-shirt off. All right, well, Mark's taking his T-shirt off for the lads. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, essentially, this week's theme is curses and cursed texts, sacred texts. And the main reason we've got that is because we interview a rare book collector and dealer uh, from the shop Peter Harrington in Mayfair. Book dealer. Book dealer, essentially. <laughs> He'll deal books. Uh, but no, it's a really interesting interview. Like he was saying, and you'll find out later, that he sold a £1 million book. Yeah. Well, that was like, I thought that was supposed to be the surprise. No, that's like one of the surprises. I mean, we could just go through his questions now if you want, <laughs> you and I. Just nah. And here are his answers. <laughs> and you don't even need to listen to the whole thing. You can just hear the answer part. But it's actually a good one. Because on the surface of it, you know, you might think book dealing isn't the most glamorous type of dealing. Sure. But there's actually some right treasures knocking around in that little bookshop. Exactly. So that's going to be around two thirty, and that was uh, with P- well with Pom Harrington, second generation owner of Peter Harrington Shop. And the thing that we're going to be mainly talking about is curses this week, because sacred text. <laughs> yeah, is that sacred? Yeah. So because I think when we were talking, we were like old books, normally in the movies lead to some sort of curse. Exactly. Like someone opens a book, kind of around Egyptians. We'll be coming onto that a bit later. But Mark. You've been cursed, haven't you? I have fallen victim to many a curse. Um, curses of my own doing, through lack of effort, but also the old gypsy curses. Have the you? most, what would you say, quintessentially popular what, curse? Most, uh, you know, like most common curses, yeah. aren't they? The curse that everyone knows about. Yeah, because you're more likely to get cursed in that realm than going to like Egypt and excavating a tomb and getting one of those curses because not everyone gets the opportunity to excavate. Exactly, but everyone does get the opportunity to meet um, a mad person. Mine was uh, Henry Regatta. Really? So what? Take, take me through what happened. In the enclosure. Well, well, I don't know if the curse worked, but it's the classic one, how the uh, gypsies get you with uh, <laughs> the lavender ah. or a lock of heather. Yeah, one of those. But it's in tinfoil, right? Yeah, and they're like, hey, come on. Buy this. Yeah. 
buy this and you go no yeah i'm not spending 50p when you know the pims inside cost seven pounds for a pint exactly i can't be spending all my money on heather because it, it's free it's literally i can pick it in in front of my house yeah so i've got to get inside and get those jugs on but, but what was the curse or what was what was the the, the point of it well she just um said because i said no to the heather and then she said you are uh cursed for 20 years I think she said economically and personally. Wow. But you're yeah. doing all right, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> In both realms. Yeah, no, the curse doesn't really take effect. But no, um, it, no. I d- I, the curse did... I, d- I don't think it was the best day. Really? I did have a bit too much to drink. Fell asleep uh, in a bush. Nice. Yeah. Whether that's the gypsy curse or the uh, curse of the Pims. It's <laughs> <laughs> either one. Both both terrible curses. Pims uh, o'clock. My, uh, my mum and dad got cursed. And then it did lead to the divorce. Uh, <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, they got the Heather as well. But the thing is, this is where I don't believe in the curse uh, because they got given the Heather and my dad was like, someone came up to him and was like, look, here's the, the Heather. And he was he, uh, the person came up, take the Heather, and he was like, because he's a bit superstitious, he was like, all right, I'll do it. Took it, still got divorced though. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, isn't it... I thought they'd like they'd give you the heather, but then if you, it's good luck if you give them a bit of cash. But if you don't, if you just walk off, then that's like cursed heather. Yeah, and also I also feel like if you are needing money in return for not cursing people, it's not a very nice thing to do. Is yeah. It? But does your dad pin all of his woes on that heather, or is there other factors at play? Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> he really pins it all. If about. only I hadn't have uh, taken all that heather. <laughs> yeah. If only I paid more for that, Heather. <laughs> yeah. My life would be so much better. You know, when we were talking about the relationship, I just thought, like, always brung it back to that Heather. <laughs> yeah. It just made it, ma- it made it worse. <laughs> it really wound her up, actually, because she, was, she wasn't thinking of all the, I wasn't listening about any of the other stuff she was saying, but the Heather, it must have been that, because I'm fine, I'm perfect. Yeah. But I, I was walking on Oxford Street the other day, and uh, as we were walking down, some monk came up to me. Mm, you know, heard. like, ding. You know, the little, he's got like a little symbol. The Harry Krishna. Yeah, yeah like, you're just, just saying things, and then he goes, ding like that and I was like hey <laughs> let's go crazy yeah. <laughs> no and he came up to me like ding and I was like oh right and then he held out that little gold coin yeah little plastic gold coin yeah and it was like alright cheers I took it because I just thought I like monks yeah. and then he went thank you well he didn't say anything I don't think he says anything and then he was like where's give me my money then and I was like you're yeah. a monk you know, you're not What'd lucky. You do? I just gave it back to Wing him. the coin back in his face. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> you're all right. But, but cur- I mean, we're going to look at all the curses. Do you actually think that curses are a, a thing? Uh, well, it's one of those things that I'm one of those crazy superstitious people. That <laughs> I probably don't want to say it, but they're not. But they probably aren't real. It's the thing that if you were like, because I'd say that curses aren't real. But then like if some mad person was like, you know. I'm gonna touch, you know, t- touch this and it'll curse you forever. I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, I'm not I wouldn't have the balls to be like, ah, oh, what are you all about, mate? Yeah, I'll just touch it. Yeah, no, because the thing is, I can, I know friends who probably would just give it a touch, and I'm like, you are cray. You are out of your mind. Well, yeah, because I mean, if one of the things we looked at, ten most cursed objects, one of them is a doll in an American museum that says, "Do not touch," but you can't. It's not behind glass, so you can touch that's, it. If that's you want. literally like egging people on. So. I think egging people on very nice egging people on which we will come into (laughs) later as well but I think just to to stop you guys from falling asleep we'd get a little bit of like pump going a little bit of rock a little bit of DJ a little bit of rock DJ by Robbie Williams (laughs) (laughs) let's have some songs and then we're going to come back to 
top 10 curses from history. This is a good song as well. Better than last time we had Liberty X. Yeah. and The first song. Yeah, but all of those are great. Anyway, shut up, Mark. Anyway, enjoy Rock DJ by Robbie Williams. And you're back inside the plates with Sam Peck and Mark Ellings. Jump, 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 jump. And there's a, a voice Songs. going there. <laughs> so on the, the curses, we've been looking at curses. Yeah, we're looking at curses this this week because uh, we've got rare book and antique dealer on the line later. So, yeah. but let's go into the most famous curses. Top 10 of <laughs> from history. Uh, uh, so, so you go. So I've been looking, doing my, doing my research. For one. So S- Sam, you're... Your ice trekking, yes. Where dry ski slope, Himalayas. Because you Himalayas, dry ski slope in the Himalayas. Dry ski slope in the Himalayas. You come across what you think is a glove. You pull at that glove, and you've got yourself a six thousand year old dead body there. What? So that's how it was found. Where was where was the body? The ice man known as Ortsi. It was the Italian Alps, not the Himalayas. Right. I didn't know this article. I didn't look. So, um, circulated, so we've got some rumours circulating as I'm reading while I'm talking, that the Iceman was angry for being moved Ooh. after it found its resting place in the Italian Alps. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, in the summertime, it's, it's the nicest place to be. But the only thing, so it's how many, five, you say 5,000 year old? I completely made that up. It's 53 centuries. So yeah, 5,000, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 5,300 years old um basic math um but okay so five thousand year old mummy why was he f- discovered so easily in the snow first of all melt like, it just melt global warming probably yeah probably because you know hundreds of years 53 years 100 years like it was just under under it ice. wasn't 53 years <laughs> it was like died in the 50s <laughs> a 50 year old man <laughs> just died um no 5300 years old yep but the curse really comes about with the amount of scientists that died working on his sweet bod. So what happened? He looks like... I'm looking at a picture now, and he's pretty well intact. He looks like he's like made out of honey. Yeah, I can see that. He looks kind of like a large beef jerky man. Yeah, definitely looks like dried meat. Yeah, You could probably still eat his tricep. I'm seeing meat there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, seven scientists that were involved in the removal of that uh, Utsi, which is the Iceman, had died Crikey. in quick succession after the excavation, four of which were involved in uh, mountain-related accidents. But to be fair, that's slightly less of an impact, because if they're like all mountaineers, it kind of makes sense. Why they're yeah. But I get, that, I get that seven people died, so the curse here is they found this Iceman, 5,000-year-old Iceman, digging him out, disturbing him, and yeah, bam, yeah. They're all making dead. him angry apparently. Yeah, and seven of them died. Um, yeah, that's not, a strange one. Not nice. I when I looked at the at the Ice Man and yeah, he does look exactly like just like beef jerky. What I want, and I don't know if this has actually ever been found, but has anyone found like a fully intact ice mummy? You know how like in uh, not ice mummy, ice mammoth. Yes, they have like fully intact. There's like, some a scientist that's eaten mammoth flesh. Oh, what like fifth, like ten thousand year old mammoth flesh, essentially. Yeah. So there was a two hundred and fifty thousand year old mummy that someone found in the ice, and it had blood and everything. Uh, and yeah, he cooked it up and ate it. Mummy or mammoth? Mammoth. Mammoth. Cool. We keep saying mummy and mammoth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. So yeah, he found it and put it in the pot, as he would. Yeah. 
I feel like if you could find like a frozen dinosaur, that would be way more interesting than a mammoth because essentially a mammoth is just an elephant, isn't it? Really hairy elephant. Yeah, and we've kind of we've all seen an elephant, and they all also they give it like portions every so often about how they're going to bring back mammoths, but they never follow through on that. Yeah, like just don't tease us with it for I know, so yeah. long because I, I want a mammoth. Don't blue ball the mammoth come back yeah no I don't want that what I do want them is to recreate dinosaurs but we have all seen the four Jurassic Park movies where every time it goes wrong the documentaries those documentaries <laughs> the rockumentaries yeah um, but the thing is that with Jurassic Park we can just learn from those films and we just don't create a theme park around it I think the whole thing with Jurassic Park is that it's, they start mixing DNA isn't that why and then they become like that's, super intelligent that's Jurassic Park 4 yeah. what's Jurassic what goes wrong in Jurassic Park 1 they just don't electrify the fence uh, Jurassic Park 1 is something around T-Rexes that like they underestimate them or something like a bit lame they're like we didn't understand <laughs> he could do maths underestimate <laughs> oh that's Velociraptors isn't it Velociraptors yeah that's number 2 I think everyone used to bang around in primary school they'd be like did you know that if Velociraptors existed today they would own us because they're so intelligent and I was like they haven't even got thumbs man. yeah also they got wiped out they're obviously not as smart as us yeah and also like they can't use a pistol <laughs> we could literally shoot a Velociraptor uh, straight in its face. I'd, well, I'd win that battle nine times out of ten. I know they're stronger, but lions are stronger. Yeah, but look how we're done with them. Yeah, I know. To be fair, it's like saying orcas would take over. Orcas probably would take over if they could come on land because <laughs> those guys they say are that about, brutal. <laughs> they say that about dolphins as well, don't they? What, that they would take over? They're like, dolphins are more intelligent than the human. And I'm like, well, where's their flat? Yeah. You know, where's their car? It, do they have a TV? And are, also, are they using cameras where's their breathing apparatus yeah if they're that smart they'd have just got like a scuba diving equipment or if they're that smart or get a delegation they'd have come to us negotiated look we know you've got the technology for just bringing them underwater can we can we buy it you they'd start to get involved with trade yeah exactly open up a trade route and if it all gets too much just put a finger in their blow up yeah bam Dolphin, dead. Dead. Yeah, but you joined us and shouldn't you be working where we're discussing curses and we've kind of gone off a small tangent there. So, I mean, are we going to do any more of the major curses? I think what we'll do is we'll have a quick song and then we're going to come back to some more of these and then we've got the news as well. So I think... Oh, uh, we got the news. Yeah, we've got the news at half past and I just think, why not? Because we're talking about curses and all of these kind of magic tools and witchcraft and wizardry we should maybe have a song by little mix black magic uh, okay yeah do you yeah. like it i don't like little mix but nah no one does <laughs> <laughs> no jokes if you're listening i should doubt it but you like is, it rosie, rosie likes it rosie's shaking her head saying she likes it so but come on put it on magic, we'll mess up mix. the news again. this goes for rosie the resident news late reader here you go And that was Little Mix Black Magic. And we've now got our resident news hound, Rosie Bernard, with the Wandsworth News on the half hour. At 1.30, I'm Rosie Bernard. There's more at 3pm. Rosie, I don't know if you can... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, sorry, I've just thrown you definitely in the deep end there. <laughs> How cool is that about Beyonce, guys? Well, I, I, what, what happened? Well, you weren't listening to the news? I wasn't listening to the news. Coachella, yeah, Beyonce. So Beyonce came out with Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams. What's that? 
What's that significance? Destiny's Child. That's Destiny's Child. Reunited. Uh, but then I think did you end it by saying it's the first time in 2015? Yeah, since since when, I mean yeah. I was like, that's barely a the reunion, isn't it? Wow. It's only a few years. Honestly, do you know who you're talking to? I'm a Beyonce <laughs> lover fan. Are you, are you a member of the uh, Beehive? I am. I am indeed, and I'm very excited that they did a um, <laughs> a performance at Coachella this year. And yeah. if you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, actually, go and watch it. Cause it's really good. What's the Beehive? You're so you out of touch with modern day, Sam. It's pathetic. You didn't even know what, whatever it's called, that group. Um, <laughs> the Destiny's Child. Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Guys, the, the Destiny's Child here. is old, old news. You're killing me here, guys. I know, I know we are. <laughs> but I'll tell you what is good at a Beyonce concert is the amount of love. And you always feel mm-hmm. the love. And the next song is Feel the Love by Rudimental. Beautiful. Dreamy. <laughs> Wow, that was loud. That was <laughs> <laughs> really, really well sharpened you up. If it is loud, you can get in contact with us. <laughs> yeah, because on at Wandsworth Radio via Twitter at SYB Working on Twitter, or at my Instagram at Sam Lee Peck, or at Mark Ellings Instagram uh, uh, Shark Ellings at Shark Ellings exactly. And you will have a great time on any of those social media platforms, really. Yeah, my mic's messing me around, bro. Yeah, you, you have can a see bad it. Time. See how it's slowly. Rotating every time I do something. No, I can't see that. But essentially, this week we are on Shouldn't You Be Working talking about curses because we've got Rare Book Dealer on the line at 2.30. Stick around. Pom. Pom. Pomeranian Terrier. It's not Pomeranian Terrier. (laughs) Don't be offended, Mr. Palmer Harrington. I'm very sorry about that. He doesn't look like Pomeranian. I mean, he's the exact opposite. Are we going to talk about how he looks now? (laughs) I'm just saying that, you know... He doesn't look like a Pomeranian. He doesn't look like a Pomeranian because Pomeranians are small little fluffy dogs. Yeah. And he does not look like a small fluffy dog. No. But we're talking about curses, Mark. <laughs> and we will get cursed soon, if not careful. But I thought we had a texter. Yeah, we, well, or we're we doing that after. Well, we did get a text in. Essentially, we had a text, maybe more and more of an advertising text, uh, that we had. We went. Uh, what was it? Vibes Cafe <laughs> owner Paolo has just texted us being like, thanks for coming in and having one of our coffees, guys. Yeah. And it was delicious coffee. Yeah, it was nice. It was really good. What did you have? Cappuccino? I had a cappuccino. Yeah, a little panna as well. Yeah, a little panna chocolate and a... What, what yeah, we, and you dipped it in like a big old piggy mess. I saw that. Yeah, but that's who I am nowadays. I had a black Americano. Keep yeah. me lively, jumpy. You had a big frothy cappuccino. Big tummy of milk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm surprised you're not going to be thrown up out of either ends. Yeah, but that's what you do nowadays. You just chow down on milk. It's the latest diet out of LA. And then they ask you what milk you want and you panic. Yeah, because who asks what milk S- they want? Semi-skimmed. Yeah, but what, 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 what am I going to say? Well, we've seen Whole the milk? You've, you've seen the range of milks we can get in our office. Yeah, Oat, soy, unsweetened almond. Have you had soy milk with coffee before? No. It's, t- it's actually disgusting. Is but anyway, a- what are we talking about? Let's go to Abraham Lincoln. Are you Well, back to curses. Yeah, back to curses. We'll play a song for you, Paolo, after this. Um, the the Curse of Tippecanoe, which I've actually heard of. Have you heard of this outside of like this exact moment? Yeah. So, Native American leader... Uh, it's hard to pronounce that without sounding offensive. Tekum Smeh. Tekum Smeh. Tekum Smeh. 
I'm pretty I don't certain know. You... I mean, I just hope I do, you know, still have this job. Uh, William Henry Harrings, cursed William Henry Harrington, who was uh, president after he and his troops won the Battle of Tippecanoe. Yep. The rumoured curse is that every 20 years an American president will die in office. Is that true? Well, President Harrison died of pneumonia just one month into office, ten, 20 years after Lincoln was assassinated. So that's 20 years to the month. Wow. Continued until Reagan was shot but survived. Oh, so what? Every 20 years a so president every, actually has died? Every 20 years since Tippecanoe, a president died apart from Reagan because he's made a certain stuff. That's pretty cool. Imagine being Reagan. I know he's dead now, but you'd be like, I literally <laughs> broke the curse. There'd be like a Scooby-Doo episode or a film about that, about how Reagan was actually <laughs> obsessed with this curse. Is Reagan dead? Reagan's definitely dead, mate. Reagan's wife died. Reagan. <laughs> Reagan smash. <laughs> Reagan. My name is Ronald Reagan. Reagan's a hundred percent dead, Brad. Uh, yeah. No. No. Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Nancy Reagan died recently, and she's the, like women. Last Wasn't she back men. in the day a bit of bit of babe? <laughs> Speaking <laughs> illy of the dead, but uh, I still can't guarantee that he's dead, mate. Well, surely it says online if he's dead. I'm ninety uh, percent sure he's dead. Ninety-five percent sure he's dead. I've got the days that he's. I mean, is he on tour? Death. Dead. 2004. 2004. 10, over 14 years ago he died. He died of pneumonia. No. What was that Same as the... uh, Henry Harris, or whatever his name is. Uh, American President Harrison died of pneumonia. So did he break the curse? Ooh, and actually, have we just cracked something? Has it been 20 more years from that? No. Well, Reagan was... 30 years. Are you saying... Well, when when did Reagan service end? Uh, his service ended when up in ni- 91 or something like that. 89 he left office. Did he? 2000, 2010. So pre- I think Obama should have. Yeah. Or Trump might die. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not... Cu- he's he's outlived the curse, I think. Has he? I don't know. Well, I think we're losing... <laughs> I don't know where we're going with that one. Yeah. But I think what we'll do is go for one more song and then we're coming on to Egyptian curses. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You, the, you mean the biggest curse? The biggest curses that everyone will know of, the Egyptian curses. And this one does go to Paolo, uh, the cafe owner of Vibes Cafe. And because of you owning the Vibes Cafe, we thought a bit of Vibes Cartel would kind of and, treat, treat you right. And the fact that he support, he says that Vibes is innocent. <laughs> Literally says Vibes Cartel is innocent. I don't know about that. We, uh, on Zod Radio, do not hold a position on whether or not... Well, he's in jail for a double homicide. He's, he's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't say he's guilty or not but, but all the facts point to guilt <laughs> yeah he's probably guilty but yeah this is your back fear bend by vibes talk cartel i'm looking forward to this because all vibe stuff rocks yeah it's all vibing Right. Sorry, Paolo. That's just a terrible song. That's one of the worst songs we've ever played. <laughs> so I'm just going to slowly fade that one out a little bit early because that's really bad. It sounded like I thought the radio was broke. <laughs> it's just like, keep talking. <laughs> I mean, but normally Vibes Cartel does do good stuff. You yeah. know Vibes Like, Poopa, you know, Summertime in a Kingston. Yes, I think so. We'll have a look for that. We'll have a look. But that, sorry, Vibes, not all of your stuff's good. That one isn't, I'm going to say. And yeah. Vibes Cafe. Sorry for not playing the whole song. It's just dreadful. Um, anyway, back to the curses. Yep, with Sam Peck and Mark Ellings on Shouldn't You Be Working. Yeah. Well, it's, in, it's, it's the one curse to rule them all. Exactly. It's the one everyone knows as well. Mm. It's Tootin' Car Moon. The big toots. 
Big Papa Toots. Big Tootsie. Big Toots everywhere. Uh, toots on your face. Toots. <laughs> he toots on your face. He toots you to death. He toots you via curses. He toots, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the curse. A toot all the way from the past. A 3,000 year old toot. 2002. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you did the research on this. It's just that it was about the uh, unveiling of his tomb, wasn't it? And there was a slogan. Well, I say a slogan. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't it's not an advertising campaign. It wasn't his catchphrase. <laughs> it just said Pepsi. Yeah, like life's better with Tutankhamun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, death. So apparently, written on the stone that you kind of took apart to get into his tomb, death shall come on swift wings to him who disturbs the peace of the king. Yep. And after that, the well, there were two people who went into the to the tomb, and essentially one of them was Lord. Uh, Carnivron, is that right? Yeah, Car- Carnivron. 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 And essentially, after opening the tomb in 1922, about a month later, he died of a mosquito bite. But after some uh, autopsy, it became a little bit more mysterious because it was a mosquito bite on his like left cheek, which is the exact same cheek as Toots, Big Papa Toots. But what? But like Toots has what? He you had a left cheek. He had a mosquito bite as well. What, Toot and Carmi? Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's a bit more suspicious that they both died of a mosquito, mosquito bite. an infected mosquito bite on the cheek. I've got... And then also, it's rumoured that when Lord Cameroon, or whatever his name is, Caravan... Carnival. When, <laughs> when, when, when Lord Caravan died, um, all the lights in his house went out. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a weird... Um, you know, someone just went, oh, his lights went out. It's probably like the candle went out because yeah. it's just like quite low. But, but his, I've got another fact on that. Yeah. Apparently his dog died a few hours later. Oh, God. How? Old age. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> then it kind of does get a little bit more weird. And this kind of is way more freaky than the first one. Uh, apparently Caravan was not the only one to fall victim to Toots Curse. Uh, Howard Carter gave his friend Sir Bruce Ingham... Who's Howard Carter? Oh, this is the other person who went into the co- to, into the tomb for the first time. Yeah. Um, Howard Carter gave his friend Sir Bruce Ingham a paperweight made of a mummified hand with a bracelet with the following inscription: "Cursed be whom moves my body. To him shall come fire, water, and pestilence." After Ingham received this gift, his house burnt down, and once he rebuilt the house, it then got flooded. Wow. That's a bit more freaky. Where was it? the house? Like next to the Thames. Yeah, again, it was like a very. It was in right next to the Tinder factory. Yeah, and also the floodgates. But the other thing with that is like, I mean, you. I don't know if I'd take willingly a mummified hand in glass, right? No, it's freaky. That's got danger written all over it. I mean, if one thing's going to curse you, it's especially with the inscription. Yeah. No way, Jose. Yeah, if someone says, whoever touches this dies, I'd go, you know what, I'm going to avoid touching that. Yeah, and it's like, why are you giving it to me? And he's like, well, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, like, this is, I'm, I'm already cursed because yeah. of this. I don't want it, you have it. And I'm like, throw it away. And he's like, no, it's valuable. I'm not like, throwing that away. How valuable is it? And they're like, probably worth a couple of minutes. like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, keep, uh, yeah, I'll see what I can do with it. <laughs> yeah, but if it curses me, I want insurance. Is there curse insurance? Well, uh, we will find out. We'll find out after these adverts for curse insurance. <laughs> curse insurance. Feeling cursed, <laughs> um, and then one more on the on the mummy uh, Egyptian curse vibes. Apparently, the sinking of the Titanic may have been caused by a mummy. Yeah, I, you said this to me just randomly in a studio, and I said that is no way true. It might be true. The unlucky mummy isn't a mummy at all, but 
a painted wooden mummy board of an identified woman. What? This mummy is on board. Essentially, there is a artifact that was on the Titanic <laughs> that supposedly sunk the Titanic. Yeah, that's vague as, as well, isn't it? It's pretty vague. I mean, was the iceberg cursed? Because you could say it was. Maybe it had a mummy in it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it had the Iceman that killed all those people. You know what, what his name was? Roger. That could be a Optrix. film. That could be a film. What? It could be called Cursed. And it's just about how all of these natural disasters were caused by curses. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a natural disaster. That was a Titanic. No, it was a man-made disaster, wasn't it? Really? Well, that's just an accident, I think. It wasn't an accident. Well, it was an accident. It wasn't on purpose. So like, every time that there's a flood somewhere, you they would find out that there was a mummy in the water. Yes. You're, that's, the, that's your idea of the movie, right? Yeah. Like a volcano goes off, and then 20 years later they go... There was a mummy at the bottom of that one. It's <laughs> exactly. so basic. <laughs> yeah, but think about it. How many other basic films are there that have you know got millions of pounds of backing? It's like, what a plot twist. <gasps> there was a mummy in it. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> All right, and what we're going to do, we'll have one more quick song. Yeah, go on And then, then we're going to do a special brand or no brand uh, after this song, which is Day and Night by... Kid Cuddy. Kid Cuddy, but it's versus Crookers. Yeah, no, no, that's a good one. Yeah, do you like it? You like this? Yeah, I like this. Yeah, it's a good yeah. tune. But I didn't think you'd like it because it's dance. I saw this live. Did you? Yeah. Uh, uh, right. Here it goes. Day and night, Bucky Cuddy. And night. And we're back. Oh, we're back in. And we're back in. That was unplanned. Because I, yeah, I was just on Instagram for that entire thing, so I don't even know where what's going on. No, me either. Wait, you're gonna have to. Talk you're to setting up the camera, so I think we got brand or no brand now. Yeah. Where there is two exact same types of food, but one is branded, the other one is uh, the supermarket's own brand, and it's up for me to decide which one it is in a blind taste test. Yeah. Sam's just got a new tripod. And he's really keen to use it, but he doesn't know how to use it. So at the moment, I'm watching him near, just break his phone, trying. After the uh, brand or no brand, we will have another top 10 for you. Yeah, and we're back in. So yeah, if you're joining us on Instagram now, uh, I think you can mainly just see Mark, uh, which is always fun. Mark's now on his phone. Um, I'm looking at the... I'm making sure it's all right. Oh, wow. So that's kind of crazy. You're now... It's like Inception. That we're now Instagram live as well. But you might want to stop that because I think there'll be yeah. some reverb. Very um, meta. Yeah, but now we're doing brand or no brand. And this week, to time with the themes of curses, we're going to talk about egg noodles or eat egg noodles. Is that right? Exactly. Nothing's more cursed than instant noodles. <laughs> yeah, as we've all... Don't quite know how we're linking these two, but... You ever, you ever bazz it up? What? Noodles. What, but what do you mean bazz it up? Bazz it up. You know, throwing up noodles. Thrown out? I don't thrown know. up noodles. Oh, thrown up. All oh, right. Uh, no. Why have you? No. I just feel like it probably isn't very nice. Just thought it would be more uh, cursy. What? Just cause, oh, because it makes like the sick vibe. Curse of the instant noodle is um, weight gain from the sap fats, I suppose. Because one of those, I just had a look at those puppies, and one sachet is 30% of your sap fats. Really? And those little mothers. That's quite a lot. I'm going to just break a big old chunk off. All right, so Mark's about to go and eat one of the so we brands. So we got 20p... Tesco noodles, bees, yeah. uh, the 85p. What? What's the brand? What's the good brand? Super noodles. Super noodles. Yeah. Which, to be honest, when you actually boil them, are outrageously nice. Yeah, they're, they're 
They're 10 out of 10 delicious. You're going to have to give me the sash as well. Yeah. Oh, no, it's too difficult. No, the, the sash. Just give me the sash. The sash the, is really in there. Is the sash is the sash branded? The sash is unbranded. There you go. Wait a sec. Sorry, guys. Just bear with us a second. And it's got a big old thing on it. All right, so handing it over now. You can see in the Instagram that there's the, the nudes. And Mark's about to eat a bit of the noodle on that one. Mm. And here's the sachet as well. Okay. So Mark's now... Uh, seeing if he can decipher between a premium noodle pr- packet and a non-premium noodle packet. I'm going to just tilt the camera to me slightly. Hey, 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 everyone, yeah. But now I'm going to tilt it back. He's now trying to eat it. He's gone for the sachet straight away, and he's crunching them. How does it taste? Is it good? No, right. Is it, is it, there's flavour to it? Mmm. The sachet's really good. <laughs> really? Is this, what's it, is it just like eating a packet of crisps? With essentially, I've given you a packet of crisps. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's not very fun. I wanted something horrible. <laughs> we were going to do eggs. I know, but I, I said that I'll do eggs if you did eggs, and then you backed out, so that's why we're doing all these noodles. I just don't want to do eggs. Describe it to me. What is it like? Well, that was just like salty chicken, like how a normal um, sachet of these noodles is. The one thing, the flaw in our brand or no brand thing, is that a lot of these things taste exactly how they were cooked, but cold. Yeah. I think we're hoping that, like, before you cook up a curry, the curry sauce like it's tastes disgusting. like poo. Yeah. So this is the other one that I'm handing over to you now. There's no sachet. Nah, bull. Oh, bull I can't bull, find bull, it. I'm bull, not, you're not having it. It's too far. What's it like? Is it gross? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's rubbish. I wanted it to be really horrible for you. It was just so plain. Is it just what? What is it? Just, is it just like eating crisps? Is it literally like eating a crisp? Like completely flavourless crisps. Oh, I wouldn't even be able to taste. Well, I wouldn't know I'd have anything in my mouth. Unless I knew that there was, you know, matter in there. That's so rubbish. So I'll, yeah, I'll have a little bit. I'll try and ping the camera around. It might be something that you could eat for, um, you know, if you had like an upset belly. Yeah, I feel like it's just, it's actually quite tasty. You should try it with the sachet. <laughs> is, it, is it nice? It's actually all right. I well, mean, can you guess quickly then to wrap it up, what is the brand or no branded one? Well, seeing as the first one actually had a sachet, I'm going to say that the first one is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so that one didn't quite work out well. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick song whilst I try and desperately uh, end this Instagram video. So if you were watching, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, tune in for a little bit more of Wandsworth Radio and shouldn't you be welcome Sam Peck and Mark Ellings and we are going to Say La Vie by Stereophonics after the Radio Wandsworth jingle. Here we go. <laughs> That was the Stereophonics of C'est La Vie. It's Sam Peck and Mark Ellings. Shouldn't you be working? We are now going into the news on the second hour. So it's 2pm. Enjoy. Across. And we're in. It's Sam Peck and Mark Ellings on Radio Wandsworth. On uh, Shouldn't You Be Working. Bam, done. Um, we've now got a super current song for you yeah. guys. It's uh, the su- the song of the summer 2018. Yeah, I'd this say. guy's he's all over the place right now, really blowing up. So, yeah, uh, cutting edge music. <laughs> getting ahead of the game here. So this one's for all of those cutting edge music geeks out there. It's Crank That Soldier Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. I've never heard his tune. You Soldier Boy, tell. Hey, I got this new damn for y'all called a soldier. Uh, 
And we're back in the place. Mark's back in. <laughs> Mark's currently getting attacked oh, by our you. sign, which is always fun as well. Uh, so, that was Soldier Boy. Yep, crank that hurt. Haven't heard oh. that in a while. Yeah. I bet Soldier Boy literally saw those royalties drop into his bank account. <laughs> Mate, he's definitely getting royalties on the reg. He got an al- he probably just got an alert and then a bling. <laughs> you just made 0.00p. <laughs> you just made 0.1 cents. And he's like, score. Score. <laughs> <laughs> Papa's paying rent. <laughs> so, next. We've done our lists. Now, we've eaten our egg noodles. Now, I thought to myself the other day, eggs, huh? And you, you said, why you, why you want to talk about eggs? Yeah, why did you want to talk about eggs? It's got nothing to do with the show. We're talking about curses this week. I don't know, but I just thought we'd do a quick run through of the top 10 delicious ways to cook eggs. Okay. And you can tell me what's the most delicious. Go on then, let's try. Number 10. Yep. Uh, obviously one that we have, you know, very often. Yeah. Is the uh, egg breakfast burrito. We've no, I've never had an egg breakfast burrito. I had one at Reading Festival and it was terrible. Why is that number 10? Do, do people eat egg burrito breakfasts? And Well, I think this is an American article because the Americans have found a way to make eggs more unhealthy. Yeah, just by laying it in cheese. Um, so, yeah, you can't comment on that because you've never eaten it. So oh. that doesn't even fit in your rankings. No, scrap. Next, nine. Delicious eggnog. Ooh. But eggnog, again, I don't think I've ever had. Have you had eggnog? I've had eggnog from a bottle and it was disgusting. I had this, like, drink super malt the other day. They were given outside Brixton Station and it genuinely was like drinking Listerine. Super malt, like in the brown... Yeah. Did you drink, did you have it? I had some. What, did it make you superpowers? It did not, it just made my teeth hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Sugary, like the main flavour was sugar. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But super malt is like, you know, it's a big following super malt, you know. Do people like it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not to derail this cracking egg riff. But what? <laughs> Did you deliberately pun that? Oh, yeah. Um, just quickly on the super malt thing. They were giving it out in like little cups. Like here's a little cup of super malt, like with an open area for <laughs> in- insects and stuff uh, to get in. Would you take, I, I was really well, reluctant you, to take a sample. Well, you did, didn't you? I did it, yeah, because I'm a legend. Um, but, you know, Coca-Cola are really successful because they just give out mini cans of Coke. Fun size. Yeah, fun size. Which are actually boring size because you want a full-size Coke. I genuinely haven't had a can of Coke for years. But go on, so what's the next one? Um, again, one that I'm sure that you're having a lot. Number eight is the baked eggs in bread bowls. N- I have had baked eggs. But in bread bowls? Not in bread bowls because that's crazy. Hey, but we're getting better now. Number seven, this is something we've definitely had. Egg salad. Egg salad? Is that is that egg mayo? Yeah, which, exactly. come on, that's banging. That could probably be number three, maybe. In, in my personal ranking, it's number one. That's not true. In a, sa- true. In a, in a little sand sandwich. Yeah, egg sandwich prep every day. Literally, I have it every day. It's the cheapest sandwich you can get in zone one. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, ooh, look, apparently you had vinegar. So, did you know that? No. Egg salad, vinegar. Next, the omelette. Cheddar spinach omelette as well, they've said. Specifics. Yeah, and a lot of that is like, this isn't the raw egg component this is saying like because you could say like a fr- this could say like a full english yeah and it, like again not yeah but i suppose these are cooked eggs like varieties because if you were to really boil it down oh yeah <laughs> you'd have boiled eggs fried, fried eggs, eggs and scrambled eggs scrambled eggs yeah uh nah because you've got poached eggs poached eggs i'm surprised they've even stretched out to 10 what well, so number five deviled eggs yo yeah devil eggs <laughs> what about devil eggs Table eggs, m- mister. Yeah, um, I've never had them. No, again. Never I don't know them. what they are. 
Is this essentially just us reading out a list of things that we've never eaten before? Well, it, I thought there would be, but it doesn't seem like I've eaten much of them. Uh, what about sausage and cheddar grits and fried eggs, mate? <laughs> Again, never. I've, I've never had cheddar grits. What, what are sausage ch- and cheddar grits? I've what are grits? <laughs> grits. <laughs> grits. I've had sausage and I've had fried egg, yeah, but I've never had cheddar grits. This Look, is- we're getting slightly more London-centric now. Baked eggs and avocado. Again, never had it. <laughs> I've had an egg next to an avocado. <laughs> yeah, me too, but I've never had it in there. Numero dos. We're getting uh, oh, asparagus and a poached egg. So poached egg. <laughs> so poached egg. Again. Soft-boiled or hard-boiled? When you uh, go soft boiled, hundred percent. Because hard boiled, like you might as well have crispy eggs. Now I like, I like the soft boiled eggs. What you like a no hard boiled? No, yeah, I was going to say everyone likes soft boiled. You like hard boiled eggs? You're such an old man. Soft boiled eggs is also, too much. Also on the old man vibe. I met some of your friends last night. Yeah, Ross, Ross and Ollie. Are they old? And no, you look so much older than all your friends. What are you on about? Uh, look older than Ollie because Ollie's <laughs> got baby face. He literally he, he's a handsome man. No, he's not. He's it, got a problem with his cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice. But what I was going to say is, you look about forty. You're looking at the wrong person. You were looking at Ollie. I'm thinking. You're looking at Ross. I'm thinking of Ross. Damn. Sorry. It's because he's got a good tan year round. Yeah, he's handsome, and so is the other one, Ollie. Ross. Ross. Sorry, guys. They look similar. Do they? Ross has got more muscle. Yeah. I was again. I wasn't looking at that. All I was thinking the whole time I was looking at both of them is, you look. You both look so much younger than old man Mark. That's bad. Bad. That's wrong. I'm probably the I'm probably youngest out of that entire group by months. Yeah, but facially, <laughs> facially. you look like a leather Emo- handbag. <laughs> Emotionally, emotionally, physically, God. You, you genuinely look like an you know you look like a forty five year old businessman. <laughs> yeah, but you look like an eel <laughs> in a t shirt. Eel. I'm looking at you now. You come all clammy. Yeah, it's because I'm sweating like a pig. Yeah, that but Instagram thing was horrible. You look like you've just been like yeah caught in a trap in a river. Yeah, it's because essentially I was I was caught in an Instagram trap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that did escape. Right. But look, number one. Go on. What is it? The one I want to talk about for a while. Really? Scrambled eggs. Okay, yeah. If you want to lose half an egg, try and scramble them. Well, so, uh, yeah, essentially you can. I can happily eat five scrambled eggs because... That's the weird thing, right? Because you fry two eggs. Yeah. That's enough for a meal. Enough for a meal. Two eggs scrambled, forget about yeah, it. Forget about it. It's a joke. <laughs> There's nothing there. And I've, I've had this before. My mate, oh, name unknown, the person went to the gym and then came back and was like... Is this uh, is it awful to have a five egg omelet? And I was like, probably not, because like they all, if it's like scrambled eggs, it will disappear. Five egg omelet is ginormous. <laughs> I mean, like it was like a pizza. Well, the omelet's more manageable than the scrambled eggs, and that makes you wonder, doesn't it? Because they're basically the same things. It's just you mush up the scrambled eggs. Yes, but you lose so much in the process. I would say, when someone goes, "What eggs do you want?" I would say, "Not scrambled." It's nice, but you get so little. What was scrambled? Yeah, and also the mess involved. I hate scrambling eggs because yeah. you've got the pan. But uh, come on, what out of all the eggs you could choose from, what are you going to have well, I'm for life? For life, fried eggs. Yeah, exactly. Straight away. That's like, what I said. It's a non, non-question, that, because it's like, what, scrambled egg? Sicky scrambled eggs? Eating the yarf, that. I'm all right. <laughs> well, that's what... Because scrambled eggs, they're just... Everyone goes around healthy because they've got oil. It's just because they're too nice. Yeah. God, I'm not going to lie. I'm baking myself in here like, is that I am so hot cook an egg on your dirty little face <laughs> got <laughs> enough oil for it <laughs> <laughs> you could poach an egg in the sweat on your forehead poach it in the caverns of where my eyes were you look like you've got two saggy eggs on your chest <laughs> <laughs> little hairy man saggy boobs. eggs <laughs> hairy saggy eggs you've got two little quail's eggs <laughs> between your legs you've got <laughs> have you ever had a quail's oh, egg have you ever had a quail's egg 
I've never had a quarter. No, of course I haven't, because I'm not there. Oh, What's the best egg you've had? Best egg I've ever had. Um, it's a chicken egg. <laughs> it's a chick- fancy chicken egg. Have one of those for Christmas ones. <laughs> you've had a duck egg? No. Too rich. No, I had a duck egg because I went to duck and waffle. Was that a normal egg? I don't. I think it's just a normal egg. All oh, right, no. Then I've just had a normal egg then and some duck <laughs> on a waffle, which is good, and I would genuinely recommend that place. But I think we should kind of wrap this fantastic, this excellent... Uh, Riff. Oh, awful, awful. And then we probably got curse objects and then the interview with... the. We've, we've also got brand... Uh, I'll show you mine, which I don't know if we'll have time for. Because of this fantastic egg riff taking up 25 minutes. (laughs) Uh, Well, do you want to play a song now? Well, the only thing that I can think of trying to link this in somehow is that what came first, the curse or the book. Thank you. Yeah. And I'd say it's quite similar to what happened with the chicken and the egg. What did come first? Well, what we're going to find out is that with our rare book dealer later at two o'clock. But right now we've got Clearest Blue by Chiverches. Who? Churches. 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 Scottish guys. A couple of Scottish lads talking about Talking about church. Talking about churches. We like churches. Clearest blue church I've ever seen. Anyway, this is Churches by Blue. No, it's not. It's Clearest Blue by Churches. Cool. And we're back inside the place in the face. So essentially, the egg riff, I think, was weak to begin with, I think but it then good. it came into its own. And you're back. And you're back. You know you said it's a couple of Scottish guys in that Churches song, but ultimately I don't know a tiny bit of Scottish in there. <laughs> you're quite good at the act. I won't it. be able to do it for that. I'll do it I won't all be the able to do that one. I'll do it all the time with my dad. <laughs> I'm quite drunk. <laughs> you just sound like you're smashed, son. What? <laughs> 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 I've definitely made it peak then. Um, but we're now doing I'll Show You Mine because we're now on a time pressure. Yeah. So the first, well, I'll Show You Mine is I, Sampek, like dance music, everything under that umbrella, hip hop even, I'd say. Um, whereas Mark just likes alternative rock music. But I don't necessarily like the song that we've chosen for me today. That's not true he <laughs> said he was adamant about choosing it and what's your song today marky it's uh well it's fallout boy sugar we going down i mean why did you choose it why did you love this song well, so much all the songs i wanted weren't on that damn library that's not true he was like if it's not fallout boy i'm gonna kick off and also let's be honest fallout boy is amazing yeah <laughs> the right one all right but you've chosen the weakest one uh, it was a weak one i would why have chosen you- thriller and I'm on that one. Alright, well we'll go to Sugar We're Going Down by Fallout Boy and this is Mark's choice for I'll show you mine this week because he loves this sound. Uh, Crazy choice. What was that, Mark? That was Sugar We're Going Down, swinging Fallout Boy and when I first started, I was embarrassed that that song was chosen, but that's an absolute banger. Yeah, it's, it's probably the best song you've ever selected. <laughs> I turned, I'll just turn my headphones up full because I couldn't handle how good that was. Yeah, it's pro- properly good. It's not as good as Dance Dance, though. Well, no, no, it, I think it's better. I think Dance Dance is their weakest one. You're wrong. I remember when I first went to Reading Festival, and we, I think we went to Fall Out Boy ironically because we were like, look how lame and emo this is. Yeah. And then it started, and I was like, I am the music. Yeah, <laughs> I am Fallout Boy. Um, why is that related to our topic this week of curses, Mark? Um, I 
I mean, is there a curse to do with, is, with emos? No. Fallout Boy? Sugar, we're going down. And it's all about a curse. Did you know that? No, it's not. It is. I was just looking online. What's it about? It's essentially the lead singer, Axel. Um, Axel Rodriguez. <laughs> Axel Rodriguez. No, nah, it's got nothing to do with it. But Sugar, we're going down could be like with the Titanic and how there was a mummy in the Titanic. Yeah. Sugar coating the mountain in the sky. Yep, again, that's what What even is that? Sugar coated mountain. Is that an Oasis song? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Awful. But my song this week, so Mark, we'll come to the out of tens at the end because that's what we do, and I'll show you mine. Mark gives me a rock song, I give Mark a dance song, and we, we see which one's better and give a rating out of ten. I'll give you a rating after this. I was thinking of Champagne Supernova. Yeah, okay. Sugar coated mountain. That's very different. <laughs> um, my song for you this week is quite curse related it's called the spook returns by Kashmir. enjoy i told you before i told you he would be back but you didn't So what did you think of that, bad boy? That was the worst song <laughs> you've ever given me. No, it's not. That was awful. But again, did I hit the brief on cursed vibes? Darnet, well, yeah. If you, if there was a curse in a dance song, it'd be that one. If, if, if there was a song that would curse you, <laughs> it, it was that. It would be that bad boy. That was beginning to end absolutely horrible to listen to. You just you seriously didn't enjoy it? No. I mean, there were, and it was so lame as well, because it was like... it. They tried to do kind of a Halloween circus vibe, didn't they? Yeah. What were some of the lyrics? Uh, one, two, <laughs> three, four, something, something oh. at your door. Oh, it's, so, it's, it's so rubbish. I can't even think of any ways to describe it. It's incredibly cringe music. Like, painfully, painfully cringe. So should we do the rankings? What's the rankings? Well, out of ten. Oh, okay. What would you give my song? One out of ten. <laughs> one out uh, of ten. Never want to listen to it again. Like literally one out of ten. No, yeah. I, uh, I mean, that's just. It sounds like it was made on someone's keyboard, like a fifteen-year-old trying it, to get a scary vibe going. Not gonna lie, it almost certainly was made on someone's yeah, keyboard. Probably was. Made but on it's it's an absolute anthem, and I love it. And I'll genuinely take quite a lot of. I'm quite angry with you saying. <laughs> so one out of ten. I'd personally give that song a nine out of ten. That. Well, you've given better songs worse, <laughs> no, worse ratings than that. I'd give that song personally a six out of ten. <laughs> there you go. I think it's pretty good still though. Um, and Fallout Boy, I'd give genuinely a nine point five. <laughs> I'd give it ten out of ten. It's not a ten. Dance Dance is a ten. No, that entire song should go again down. I mean, every second was glorious. Not that guy's good. voice is on point. Not quite as good as. The spook returns. <laughs> well, what song have you got us lined up to take us out? So we're going to go for one song that's going to be quite heavily influenced by the book interview as well, which is Empire, because a lot of books back in the day were written about the Empire, and the God, song is vague. called Empire by Kasabian. Oh, uh, yeah. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to do a quick link on Cursed Objects. Yeah. So stick around, peeps. I'm sorry for playing that awful, awful Cashmere song. <laughs> But it did sum up curses, and that's what we're talking about this week on Shouldn't You Be Working. So here goes Kasabian. And you're back with... Mark Ellings. And Sam Peck. Thought we'd mix it up. Okay. On Shouldn't You Be Working on Wandsworth Radio. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo. 
We're doing a, we haven't got the budget for our own sound effects, so we've got to do them now. Well, we cool. could do it if you knew how to use a soundboard. No one What would number one do if you pressed it now? It's something that I'm genuinely not willing to do. It's on our cart, isn't it? No, it's not. It's It would be something completely random. Do you have the, do you have the balls? I don't. No. Shall I do it? <laughs> yeah. But I think, well, it's just going to ruin everything. I'm too well, scared. I don't know. I'm out. I'm out. Fine. But gonna, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. But this week, because we've, we've run out of time, we are talking about cursed objects. And then we're going to go to our interview with Pom Harrington, the owner and proprietor of the rare book shop in Mayfair, Peter Harrington. Um, so what cursed objects have we got? Or what are the most famous cursed objects? So most famous object at number one on the list is the ice dude that we covered. Nice. So we've got him done. I thought the most interesting, well, kind of, you know, the most cursed was the crying boy painting. What is it? Which obviously, like, when you have a picture of a crying boy, it's going to be cursed no matter which way you, you dice it. Yeah. So crying boy... Beginning of the 1980s, fires began erupting in the homes paint where the painting was present. Okay. Surprisingly, while the homes and belongings around the painting would be turned to the ground, burned, the painting was also found to be untouched by the flames. So it seems like if you put that crying boy painting in your house, it's going to blow up. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, as a result, many people believe that hanging this work of art will invite a fire. There you go. Okay, well, if you don't want fires in your house... Don't go for the crime boy painting. Just keep those fires in the disco. Yeah, annoyingly, on this one, there's no book ones. Yeah, well, that's the thing that we've been struggling with, right? Because we we wanted to tie this interview to curses. Yeah, but the, the only thing that I have been able to find is a, an article on cursed texts, but text messages. And oh, no. it's, it's, there's only one that we can really talk about because a lot of them are pretty sexual um <laughs> so the only one that i'm going to be able to read out is and it's just essentially awful which is essentially it's just loading as well the, the image isn't coming up right now which is good news it was that rubbish one about yeah but it, essentially it said oh it's so annoying you of course, of course it. it's not loading right now i'll um, away. i'll here we go i'm in i'm in i'm in oh, so it oh. says it's about cursed text and it's someone saying if these texts aren't cursed i don't know what is and the text is, random text, blue message. Hey, just found my baby shoes. Want to see? And it says, who is this? And then he sends a picture of some trainers with babies in them. But like, plastic babies. And then the guy's reaction is just mad. It just goes, please leave me and my family alone. I've called the cops. But would you react that strongly to no, the text? because that was, it was made up text, wasn't it? It's obviously phony. Yeah. You've it, been suckered in by this stuff. And I've got it, and they've got me. Um... <laughs> Damn, <laughs> they nabbed me. So but you better introduce the uh, the thing. Yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you who didn't get me, but or did massively get me actually by being so interesting. Every listener of this radio show. Exactly. And Pom Harrington, who was very interesting on the interview. And what we'll do, we'll jump into it right now. Pom Harrington is the second generation owner of Peter Harrington Rare and Antique Bookshop, uh, based in Mayfair. They've got an event coming up in Battersea. We'll have the details just after the interview. Um, and essentially, he the bookshop started in the 1960s, and it's been going ever since. It started as a, a small, um, small antiques uh, little shop in... Chelsea and it's grown from there uh, but instead of me blabbering on and f like failing to explain it we'll get uh, Peter uh, we'll get Pom Harrington on the line right now so enjoy the interview I absolutely murdered that all of it <laughs> but here he is it's Pom Harrington thanks Pom for joining us and shouldn't you be working how are you doing today good thank you yeah no just uh, up about on a Sunday morning excellent got anything major on today 
no, definitely a quiet one. Oh, very, very jealous. Uh, we're currently in an incredibly hot studio, so yeah, you know, sweating, sweating a lot. We might not make it the whole way through. It's so hot in here, but we'll see how we go. So, <laughs> you, Pom, are the uh, the owner of Peter Harrington, the rare bookshop based in Mayfair. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how, how did it? How did the book come? Uh, how did the shop come to start? Um, well, I'm second generation. My, my father started the business in 1969, um, and he started the Chelsea Antique Market um, on the King's Road uh, with a single market store, and it sort of grew from there. Wow! And did he just have like a particular interest in books, or was it a, a, like a, the best-selling item, for example, from the from the uh, the Chelsea Antique Stand? Well, actually, um, his father liked books, um, and so the way he got into it really was he used to drive around the countryside uh, in the 60s uh, with his dad, and he sort of learned that the books in the countryside at that point were cheaper than the town, than the, country, uh, the town, as it were, and so he sort of started buying books. You know, in the countryside, he thought it looked interesting and brought them to Chelsea and um, sold them. And I think after a year of doing that, he realised he was making more money trading books than he was his other jobs. <laughs> Makes sense. And so how do you guys get hold of the books? Um, they come to us in lots of different ways. Um, actually, a lot of books come to the door. Um, we're offered a lot of books these days through the internet. We also buy auctions. We travel around. We, we exhibit at book fairs around the world, which is, sort of, is a kind of good trade meeting spots. Um, so all over, really. Okay. And with like some of the more rare books, like is, are there like well-known book dealers out there? Um, sure. Actually, London's quite um, you know, quite a hotbed of uh, rare bookshops, um, and there's dozens and dozens of high-end rare bookshops in London, whether it's Charing Cross Road or Mayfair. Um, but um, so yes, there's quite, there are others. Okay. And so, what's the rarest book you've sold? Um, well, we've had some unique books. I mean, uh, well, the one that I thought was always really special was we had once had uh, Charles Dickens' first edition of Tell the Two Cities. Um, and that was inscribed to George Eliot from Charles Dickens. Um, I always thought that thing shouldn't really exist, but um, it really does. And uh, I always thought it was rather amazing. Wow. Because oh, I, I was in there the other day and I saw that there was like a complete work, not a complete work of Shakespeare, but it was like a, an original one from like 1664 or something. And it was <laughs> it was pretty expensive. What, what's like the most expensive book you've sold? Um, we've sold books up to about a million pounds. Um, I mean, there's not many books that go over that. Um, there's quite a few these days that's sort of a hundred to two hundred thousand pounds. Um, I mean, books for the most part are not unique objects because um, they're printed as multiple copies, um, which actually makes them a bit more affordable. Even, even these terms, if, if that Shakespeare folio was unique, it'll be millions and millions or priceless. Is that so? You say in the uh, bookshop you've upwards of a million. Do you know what the most expensive book ever sold is? Kind of at auction. Is there like what, another um, example? The current world record is, um, I think it's called it's the Babe Psalms book. It's, um, it, it's the first printed book in America. Mm. And it was a Psalm book printed in Boston. I think it made, oh, I don't know, something like sort of 10, 12 million pounds, something like that. Wow, wow. And what was the book that you sold for a million, did you say? Yeah, it was actually, it was actually a sort of a, a, well, actually a manuscript book. Um, uh, it was an Arabic uh, manuscript translation of... Um, of an encyclopedia that's used for a lexicon. Um, quite astonishing object, really. It was a 13th century Arabic manuscript um, with English translation. 
So essentially, that was Pete, the, the first half of Pom Harrington, uh, the proprietor and owner of Peter Harrington's Rare Bookshop. Pretty interesting stuff about how uh, the, the kind of million-pound books he was selling. Um, but stick around, because we're going to talk about the rarest books and some even the more questionable books that he's, uh, he's dealt in. But quickly, we're going to have Forget About You, CeeLo Green, just to liven up a bit. And we're going straight back into our interview with Pom Harrington, the owner of Peter Harrington, the rare bookshop, to tie in with the theme of cursed books this week. So here we go. Wow. And it, it, like obviously from that being quite old, what's the oldest book that you've sold? Um, well, the oldest printed book is the Gutenberg Bible, uh, which is 1455. And I, I never had one. Um, uh, the last one was sold in 1977. But you do sometimes get um, individual leaves from the book. Um, and we do have those from time to time. So that's the earliest printed thing you can get. So you got, an, so the earliest thing printed was a, a, was it a Guggenheim Bible, did you say, sorry? Gutenberg, yeah. So the first printed book was a Gutenberg Bible, uh, 1455. Um, a copy was, uh, an, an incomplete copy was broken up in the 1920s. So you can actually buy individual leaves, individual pages from that book. Um, and that presents the first printed object of, of movable type. Wow, have you and seen one? Book, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we had one last week. Wow. Uh, we saw one last week. That's cool. Did, so, when when things like that come into the shop, do you get like a, a lot of people calling in, or are people are there items that people are always kind of after? Um, yeah, I think things go through uh, sort of stages. Um, I mean, currently at the moment, we seem to be the world loves Jane Austen, um, and Jane Austen's first edition seems to be in hot demand. Um, I think it seems like species first editions or um and uh, harry potter of course um people want harry potter <laughs> want harry potter okay but I, I feel like that's too new but i suppose it's it's a, it's a pretty big text though um, it, um yeah. go on. is there have you ever so is there a book that you've always wanted to get but you've never been able to acquire um there are books that i would like to one day deal in um i mean i think the first edition of uh, Donkey Hoti um, would be amazing. Uh, first edition of McAvoy the Prince. I mean, they do exist. I'd love to have a hand on one. Um, but I've not actually had my hands on either one yet. So, what was the first? Was it Don Quixote, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah by Buster Vantas. Yeah. Have you ever read it? I haven't actually. <laughs> it's, it's like 900 pages. I looked at it the other day and I was like, maybe not. But I'd, I'd like to definitely see the original. Counterfeit. Is there a big counterfeit market in the book game? Like, is it. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, not really. Um, actually, just by the process of how books are printed, and you have that movable type, um, when, when you when you print a book, you get this impression of the, the, the plate moving into the book. And so to replicate the feeling of that type and match it exactly is not impossible. I mean, there have been a few cases of very early books being sort of copied in a clever way, but, I mean, very, very few and far between. So actually, that's not really been a big problem for us. Huh. And have you ever come into kind of some less than savoury books, like, uh, I don't know, some cursed texts or anything <laughs> like that? Um, there are some There are some things that sometimes come up. I mean, ooh, less than savoury books. I mean, for example, there aren't books known as bindings. So you get books bound in, you know, leather, obviously, but sometimes you get, you know, they are known to be done in sort of animal skin, and actually some have been known to be done in human skin. Um, <laughs> it's not actually illegal, but, you know, there are obviously not many of them in them. I thought that was pretty gruesome. Mm. Um, uh, one um, 
I was thinking on kind of when tombs are excavate, excavated and there's texts, are they, there must be kind of legal limits to how they can be sold, right? Because if they're kind of smuggled out hundreds of years ago, is there a law around that sort of thing? Yeah, there is. I mean, actually, that's sort of bit beyond what I do, but um, for sure, antiquities, um, any, any antiquities like that actually needs uh, very heavily regulated. You need licenses, you need proof of import and provenance and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So, um, no, that's quite heavily regulated. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think to be fair, like Pom, that's been genuinely sensationally interesting. Uh, do you, like, do you want to just say anything about any kind of? Have you got any events coming up or anything like that at your shop, or do you do any events? Yeah, well, actually, the big event we're going to be participating in um, at the end of May. Uh, there is the Rare Book Fair, which is going to be in Battersea Park at the Evolution Centre. Oh yeah, um, and that's the best sort of rare book fair in in, in the country. It goes once a year. So we'll be exhibiting at that show on the 24th to 26th of May. We'll uh, throw a link up on our Twitter feed for that. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, really, it's, um, it's, it's a really good, uh, really good event. If you're interested in rare books, it's definitely worth a visit. Oh, awesome. So Pom Harrington, the uh, 2nd generation owner of Peter Harrington Rare Books Shop, thank you so much for joining us on Shouldn't You Be Working. You've been an absolute delight, and we'd definitely like to get you back on maybe in a couple of months or something just to check back in and see how the event went. That'd be great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Thanks, Pom. Cheers. Take care. Bye. So that was the interview with Pom Harrington, the owner of Peter Harrington, the rare bookshop. So essentially pretty cool stuff around the rare books that he's dealt in. He's actually, like, you know, seen human-bound books. Yeah, and expensive books. I mean, 30 million for a book. A serious ducats. Yeah, that's a serious ducats. What? I don't know. Money. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, who's spending 30 million on a book? We should have asked that. Probably. Well, yeah. Let us know to sell it. Yeah. So we can try and sell him something. But to be fair, if you are interested in going to his, uh, the book fair, Peter Harrington's rare book fair, uh, it is on the 24th of May and it's based in Battersea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's near Battersea Park. Exactly. Just look it up. Rare book fair. We'll have a link on the website. It's going to be at the Battersea Evolution Centre, Queenstown Road, London. So literally down the road from us. So we might as well go. Pom, if you're hearing, we want a ticket. Yeah, definitely. Would you go? Uh, yeah, I'd go. Yeah, I'd go. That sounds cool. I go into that shop all the time. It's like near where we work, kind of. I thought you said it was Mayfair. Well, it is, but like I go to Mayfair quite a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just with the, 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 the latest fashions yeah, from Milan and <laughs> textiles. But you pretty much, guys, that's really the end of the show. It was quite a fragmented show, I'd say. Lots of topics covered, but we, got, we did it in the end. We went from curses... Well, we went from top ten curses to Egyptian curses back to... Eggs. Eggs. Noodles. Noodles. I think the Instagram thing, we need a third person. If you guys want to get involved and become a producer on our show, because we haven't got one anymore. No. It would be really, really helpful. That would be super handy. So just ping me in the DMs on at Sam Lee Peck or at Shark Ellings. Um, if you've got any particular jobs that you're interested in us covering, give us, uh, again, get in contact with us because we're, we're always keen for ideas and, you know, we do this partly for you guys, partly for Mark's uh, self. Um, but I hope you enjoyed the show, guys, and we're going to leave you with Starry Eyed by Ellen Goulding's up in Sam Peck. Mark Ellings. And shouldn't you be working... See you later. Have a nice Sunday.